It's Thursday again, tell everybody to lock in Grab some popcorn, a drink, and go and throw your AirPods in It's a one-hour show, constantly speaking facts Bulletproof stats are always shooting from Matt And when it comes to Kyle, you getting numbers and style Jake is gonna educate you, he has that knowledge on fire Player, step your game up, don't be sluggish or lazy Or Jimmy J might hit you with a shaky baby Catch him on YouTube or any podcast platform Breaking all the news down like Shaq does the backboards No hot takes, this is where the hottest debate's at Now kick your feet up, cause it's time for Straight Facts What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Straight Facts, a sports show that educates and entertains, presented by the Up On Game Podcast Network. It's your boy, Jimmy J, with my guys, as always, Jake Galley, Kyle Sirik, and Stat Matt Robinson. I guess I guess I shouldn't say always. I guess that's a little, like... Recently. It's a little misleading. Always in spirit. We've been full and squatted. Always recently. I, like, I like that, always in spirit. We've actually been pretty good full squatted up lately. I, I like that. I mean, we have our best episodes when we're, when we're full squatted up. And also, up, it's like everyone, like, behind the scenes, like... You know, we all have a hand in getting this show put together. So, like, even if someone's not going to be here, it's not like we're not here, here. Right, so right. But when we're, I mean, and today is the today is the hallmark of that. Peeling back the curtain a little bit, we we needed all hands on deck to have to get this show underway. But as we do, we're here, and we're we're here to provide the facts for y'all because there's a discussion that's popping off in the NBA that I, I think needs our expertise, fellas. It needs us. It needs all our opinions, our basketball minds, our facts to go into it. And that's the NBA MVP discussion. Um, because Jake is ready to blow the lid off this thing. I'm gonna, I've actually I'm trying to like prepare myself not to yell because I will quickly get upset about this. But well, well, we're going to get into that MVP discussion right now um, because we really need to put our, our stamp on it. The NBA regular season concludes in less than two weeks. April 10th is the last game. As of yesterday, March 29th, an NBA media poll projected Jokic over Joel Embiid for the NBA MVP. Right now, Jokic is 26.3 points per game, 13 rebounds on 50, 57% from the field, 34% from three. Embiid, 30 points per game, 11 rebounds, 49% from the field, 36% from three. You got to look way past the numbers when you're talking about these two for MVP. But that's it's it's a it's a one-two race right now, right? For Jokic and Embiid for MVP. So I'm gonna start over there. <laughs> We're gonna build up to Jake. I'm gonna start over there because Matt, put, give, give me your give me your opening statement for who you believe MVP is. This MVP is a two-man race. Okay. Between Joel Embiid. And not Nikola Jokic, but Giannis Antetokounmpo. Wow. Nikola wow. Jokic, he's he he's he's be happy with the bronze medal and the StatMat MVP rankings. Mm-hmm. He's a very good player. He gets all the nerd awards for all the stats that he leads <laughs> in. But I don't. I think people forget that Giannis last year was like ineligible from the MVP race because of his playoff failures before last year. Because he was a two-time MVP. His stats didn't get any worse last year. Mm-hmm. He was back-to-back MVP. They flamed out in the playoffs. He got, okay, set aside. He wins finals MVP. He is the best player in basketball. This year, he's 10-1 he's to 1 to win MVP, which I think is a sham. He's my MVP. Mm. I love Joel Embiid. He's my favorite Philadelphia athlete of my adult life, and it's not close. Right. But Giannis has the same points per game as him, more rebounds per game more assists, more efficient, is just as good defensively, and he's gotten better at every step of the game. Right. He's shooting 42.1% from mid-range, which is like le- which is like 
really, really good. <laughs> I, re- I really hate to cut off this this stat Matt rant because he's really leading you guys into like our next segment. That's better Beauty- than Tatum's mid rant. Beautifully right. leading us into into our next segment. So we're, I'm I'm putting a pin into what you're saying, stat Matt. And I, I just wanted I needed to get you it needed out to get it out. <laughs> it was it was boiling to the surface. I don't. We're, we're gonna stick with and be Jokic for right now. There's a spot for exactly where that Giannis Antetokounmpo rant can and will come into. But let's stick with Jokic and Embiid right now. So, Kyle, give me your opening statement. If you to choose one of these guys for your MVP, give me your opening statement. <laughs> you're, you're framing it like we're in court. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like. I love uh, counselors. Yeah, opening I mean, statement. this is what I say. Nikola Jokic got it last year off stats, right? I think the team could, or the league probably, and fans were in agreement that it was probably Embiid's award before he got injured. So, Jokic puts up the same stats. Cool. It wasn't a dominant MVP season he had last year. He was given the award. He probably deserved it. Mm. Well, now your team's taking a step back. You've been a three seed year after year after year. You're a six seed. I don't really care about the stats anymore, right? You look at the games where Nikola Jokic has the most assists and the Nuggets lose. So that's cool that he can pass, right? That, that's great. But I want guys that can win basketball games and a six seed MVP, especially to give him a back-to-back when his team got worse from the season before. Doesn't really make sense to me. Now, last night, and I know you don't want me to bring up Giannis again, Giannis made a case over Embiid and to really solidify right, right, this right. MVP. Embiid really had to come out and play hard last night. He played well. He had a good game. Mm-hmm. But when Giannis gives you 40 in the Wells Fargo Center. And, and, the, and, game, and the game and could take play. Game. Yeah, 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 It's tough. How about Mr. Harden doesn't brick another three Hold off up. of no. off, off I'm the defending. I'm, I'm, def- I'm, defending that. I'm defending that Harden. This was great last night. Yeah. I'm defending that well, Harden take. The only thing about that is the – one before Embiid took a terrible shot with a 40 shot. seconds left mm-hmm. in the game, 14 seconds on the shot clock. But that's like terrible. That's like you don't get into your action. Like I like they complete like when you have Joel Embiid and James Harden on the strong side, and I don't want to get too much into last night's game because this is more of an overarching segment, but like I'm watching that game, and in no scenario ever can you have Joel Embiid and James Harden on the strong side with three defenders looking at them and not come up with an action to get someone a backdoor, a flare look coming off a screen where you're getting a wide-open look because of the attention of your stars. I don't want to go too deep into this. I'm not, because it's, it's the only statement it's, I'm going to make yeah, regarding that. The only I'm going to tie it up with saying this. Don't don't clamor for James Harden and then get mad when James Harden does James Harden. But James Harden, this is for a different time. This is so for this. It, it, stamping it, James so Harden close. played his best game in Philly last he night. He played great. Like getting back to it, Embiid should be the favorite to win MVP right now. This is an issue I have again. James mentioned that media poll now projects Jokic over Embiid. Well, the last media poll, which was three weeks ago or so, had Embiid over Jokic. And all that's happened is Embiid playing better than Jokic. And Embiid's team playing better when he's on the court than Jokic's team plays when Jokic is on the court for the Nuggets. And when Jokic comes off the court, the Nuggets kind of play better with him off. Now, small sample size, when Embiid comes off the court, Giannis gives you 15 and two minutes on Paul Millsap and wins the game like he did last night. Mm-hmm. So I, it's so hard for doing some great a propaganda for his guy. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, I was I was seeing that yeah. today, and hey, it, it does. That's that that bodes well for you as well as a shooting coach too. If, if my number one client wins MVP, it like, doesn't yeah. make sense how Jokic passed and beat in the last vote. That makes no sense. And to me. it's double speak because it's the same national media who says James Harden's wash doesn't try overrated. Blah blah blah. But then says, "Oh, we have to put Jokic ahead of Embiid because Embiid got hard." Yeah, so it's just this. To, to aid to Kyle's point too, the Nuggets with Jokic are plus two point five on the court. The Nuggets without Jokic are plus five point nine net differential of minus three point four. The Sixers with Embiid on the court plus six point nine. Sixers without Embiid 
only plus 0.8. And it feels right to just mention that since the last vote. Right, right. right. That yeah. was since the last vote happened. But that is completely on display. Once again, last night, Sixers come into the fourth quarter with a double-digit lead, and that's salted away with him beat on the bench, which I emoji, he was sending some shots at Doc after the game saying, I need to be on the court. Top which, 15 coach of all time. Hey, man, it's top 15. Can't tell Doc that. <laughs> but I, I just want to say, like, I think – we have gone past the point of logic and reason ruling mm-hmm. kind of who should get these awards. Like it's, it is so much predicated nowadays. And we were talking about this before the cameras were on, like so much predicated on how many social clips are you, are you churning out? How many behind the back passes like that stuff actually does have a tangible impact on the award, in my opinion, at least in public perception. Mm-hmm. And ultimately like that, like, that stuff doesn't matter. It just doesn't. Like, people throw all these stats. I was getting into arguments with Nuggets fans. TPA does not matter to me. I don't care how good Nikola Jokic is in it. If his team is the sixth seed, right, right. there's five other teams better than Nikola Jokic's team. He's not the most valuable player. He's not. He can't do it on the defensive end. I, we can get into the exact numbers of why I say that. But the ultimate thing that comes down to it, and, and going back to what I first said, we are devoid of logic and reason when you, as a Nuggets fan, look at me and say Joel Embiid is equivalent to Nikola Jokic on the defensive end, or I'm over here trying to knock Nikola Jokic for whatever. It just doesn't make sense. People look goofy. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Personally, me personally, I think it's Joel Embiid's award because he does it on both ends. And because, like Kyle said, logic transfers from last year, it was his award. Why wouldn't it be? It's the unfair. I don't mean to keep. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. You're not going to It's the unfair. Um exposure that Embiid gets that Jokic doesn't get that leads people to nitpick Embiid over Jokic because nobody watches Nuggets games. They have the lowest cable rating of any team. A lot of it's because of like BS contract TV deals Mm. where they can't watch it because it's blacked out. So all these NBA writers who don't watch a lot of Jokic just look at the stats and say, oh, wow, look at that. While they watch a lot of the national TV Sixers games and point out every flaw when they're not watching Jokic's flaws because mm. people don't watch the Nuggets. Yeah, Jokic puts up 40, 10, and 10 in a battle to the death with the Oklahoma City Thunder. And they look <laughs> at the box score and say, man, he had a great game. Maybe he should stop Isaiah Roby from scoring 20. Maybe that's the issue. Like, I, this is what... It's- the MV- I mean, the MVP discussion should, it should get you this hot. It really it really should get you this hot because it, it's, t- it's saying... Who has been the pound for pound best player in the NBA this season for the entire year? And just, but we are straight facts. We, we, you know, we, we live and, and die and die by the number. I guess we won't say we live and die by the numbers because we are able to peel away from them in times like this where I can absolutely look at the game of basketball. And it, Matt, to your point, I can even look at highlights and, and, and game summaries of the game of basketball and see that Joel Embiid has been the best player and, and at times the best team in the Eastern Conference this season. I, I just don't understand why there's, there's such a desire to give the award to someone who has not been a better player than you him know, this year. You know it's funny about the voting too? Um, a lot of this comes from like NBA, like beat writers, the media, right? Love narratives. The best narrative this year has been, for a case for MVP, has been the anti-narrative. They wanted to push all this Philly stuff. Ben Simmons, how's he going to break up the team? Joel Embiid goes city to city. Doesn't matter what city he's at. First question he gets in the post game, what's up? Something about Ben Simmons, right? How about we just act like it doesn't matter? How about we come in, we win basketball games? How about we hold the one seed for a couple weeks? How about when we drop, we're like the two or three seed? Mm-hmm. Come in, beat guys. It doesn't matter. The Sixers came in, forgot about the Ben Simmons thing, and that was off of the mentality of Joel Embiid. 
and he's playing at the highest level of his career, and I think the highest level of the league right now. now. Okay, let me play devil's advocate to three Sixers fans for a little bit, a tiny bit. You know, let's let's he look at the other side. Look, look, look at the other side of the coin. Jokic does have the Nuggets only in the sixth seed. He has dealt with no Jamal Murray all season. He's dealt with an injury to uh, Michael Porter Jr. as well. He's dealt to some adversity on his team, and I would I would argue his top two running mates on his team have gone down. And to most teams, that slides you out of the playoff scenario. He's kept them not only in the play-in, but above that into a playoff scenario to where, you know, don't don't just try to walk past the Nuggets in the first round. The reigning MVP is on their team. They might beat you. Does, does, does he get credit at all for that? Because if it was a LeBron James who had his team into the sixth seed with all these injuries and all this adversity, if it was other players, you'd want to give them the MVP, right? So does, does he get some credit for that? I, I mean yeah. – Bronze he medal. has to, but I also think MB the gets, gets the bronze. Medal. I also think MB gets credit for the team that he brought to a higher point. As far as Jokic goes, like you do have to give him his props because he is everything for them. Like you're, like you're saying, without him, I mean, obviously without their top three players, they're like a lottery team. But right. even if you were to take him out and sub Jamal Murray in, I have a hard time imagining that they're making the play in tournament in the West. So. Yes, he is an MVP. I mean, he's, he deserved the MVP last year once Embiid went out. Yep. And he is deserves a ton of praise this year for the offensive numbers that he has put up. But it, it, it is a zero-sum game. And I don't think, personally, that anyone who is below average in terms of points per play allowed, when you look at isolation, guarding isolations, when you look at guarding post-ups, when you look at guarding the pick-and-roll roll man, Jokic is below average, below 50% in terms of percentile points per points allowed per possession when they run those and, and actions. I, I, I'm here with you. I'm here with you. You're looking at all like, center statistics right there, all, all statistics yes. that like Defensive the best of your position. Yes. In a, a positionless basketball world, you, you're, you're, I can see why people are bringing other stats that aren't center stats into that conversation and saying, yeah, he's not as good as Embiid here, but he's better than Embiid in X, Y, and Z that aren't center statistics. Assists. How how good you are in a pace of play? How would you like all those all those things that like the center is never responsible for that? But that's padded in, in Jokic's argument because of this positionless basketball. Because I see a center bringing up the ball now. I, I just worry that defense means far far too little compared to how much it actually impacts winning play. Like what happened with the Boston Celtics? They tightened up the defensive end, and they're the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Like that second mm-hmm. half of the year. So like, I, I just think that to be an MVP. Especially, and, and last year it was cool because there was no heir apparent. There was no number two that was right on his neck. Now when there's two guys who are dead even, like I don't see how this is any different than when Russell Westbrook was getting his triple doubles, the Thunder were a six seed, they were a lower seed, and then they decided after giving him an MVP, hey, we're going to give it to James Harden because he's doing similar stuff and his team's a little better. The same situation as this one. I can see that, actually. I can see that. That's why we, that's and why and I called and, 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 and they were – <laughs> That's why that's who he is. And they, and they rewarded a little too far. The, they, we they, reward, right, they rewarded <laughs> Russ for a historic season, even though your team is sixteen. Last year, they rewarded Jokic for a historic season, even though your team's not number one or number two in the West. Just to reward you for a historic season, but this year I need to reward you know the winning team. Okay, so it, it sounds like that we're not on board with Jokic winning MVP if if he were to win MVP. I, like I do think the race is really close. Right, it should like, be. Both yeah. have fair cases, but I just can't see. And it was just, it's just because so recent as yesterday, and it pissed me off. <laughs> I don't understand how the newest media poll points to Nikola Jokic, and he is now the favorite to win MVP. 
Well, I would just say I don't understand how that happens. I got, I got some. That's I got some spicy conspiracy theories. Go ahead, take it away, take it away. So Adam Silver hates the Sixers because of the process. Known. And the Maury comment about uh, Hong Kong got a lot of people mad. Ty Lue even made a comment about it in a recent thing last time. Uh, Daryl Maury tweeted he lost the NBA $2 billion. And when was this? This was before last year? The Hong Kong thing was before his last year in Houston. Right. Yeah. So now now they got the, the Sixers who they hate the process. And then Daryl Maury, who they got really upset at because of the China stuff. And... And, and maybe Adam Silver's like, hey, you'll get a little more access if we don't uh, put Embiid as MVP. I don't know if that's spicy. We're, we're that down, we're down the rabbit hole. We're down the rabbit hole. And, and, here's, and here's the thing. So how long are you going to punish the Sixers for this? Then? They're, they're just never going to get MVP <laughs> ever again. Yeah, it's just an eternal punishment. Just, it's, it's entertaining to me. Yeah. <laughs> You're sense-making. You don't get it. You're sense-making. I'm sense not making. saying it's true. You, I'm just putting it out there. You've brought up some good ones in the past. I'm not getting on board with that one. I, I would just prepare, if you are a 76ers fan listening to this podcast, prepare for Nikola Jokic to be back-to-back MVP. Yep. Because the straw polls made up comprised of 70% of the actual NBA MVP voters. And in that poll, I don't know the exact numbers. I don't have them up in front of me. I think it was like 20-some votes for Embiid, 60-some for Jokic. That is like nowhere near a 50-50 coin flip, kind of like we're depicting it. That is like Nikola Jokic more times than not. Is, is you know you run this and let's get a new board. And if you're station, let's use that energy. If it does happen, feel- we got a playoff run to make, boys. Let's he, use he that keep energy. His award. He's got bigger fish Embiid, to fry in the Western Conference. What I will say actually is, if Embiid doesn't win the MVP, you think that, that ignites playoff, him? You think that ignites him for a playoff run? Oh my God! Yeah, you oh. know, you know how he takes that. Yeah, that as he should. As He's he the should. guy that that lights under his. As butt. he should. But they won't. They don't announce it till late now. No, they, they do it in the June. first round. And now in, in June, I thought they do the award show. They do like the, the whole MVP. No, awards. I remember last year, and maybe this is a one-time thing, they were doing it in the first round in the locker room before games. Yeah, that's right. Jokic got, his, Jokic got it in the oh, locker room. He, he got it. the yeah. most anticlimactic it was, it was MVP. LaMelo yeah. Ball got his rookie of the year. It was, but I do think it was – I think of, that was like a weird year. I think that was – Was that a weird Matt's on it. I'd see him typing okay. over there. Stat Matt's on it. Um, yeah, I would say and, – and this is for some NBA YouTube heads, anyone's going down the rabbit hole of highlights – uh, and Bede takes after Hakeem Olajuwon. And something similar happened to Hakeem Olajuwon where David Robinson was given the NBA MVP. Uh, they go out to play and, and they hand Robinson before the game the award. And Hakeem turns to, I think it may have been Kenny Smith, and said, that's my award. I'm going to go show him tonight. And went and like dominated. That's where the highlight from him shaking Robinson out of his shoes comes from. Dominated, mm-hmm. dominated the Spurs in that series. So I could say, hey, man. I could see the same thing happening this year with the Sixers. Matt, but. Matt found it. Well, what is so it? they're not the reason that happened last year where they were giving them out in playoff series is because the league got pushed back last year. Right, the season right, started right. in like December. Right. And like this Matt the, what Matt just had, no yeah. exception, it gets given out in June. Well, June last year happened to be when like the first second round of the right, playoffs right, right. was. So so this this year will be giving away. Okay, well, we're gonna move on for the for the sake of time. So we have that MVP discussion. Those are the top two in terms of the media's eyes. But we may we've identified some people who probably should be in the MVP discussion, but aren't getting as much buzz. So this segment is who else deserves some recognition, even though they won't win MVP. Jake, I'll start with you. Who deserves some 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 buzz, even though they're not gonna get the award? Yeah, Matt jumped me on this one, and honestly, looking back on it, I wish I spent this. Uh, time researching on someone a little bit more niche to give some praise because Giannis might not be out of this. I mean, he's probably out of this race. Eh, 
he might not be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Couple he's not, to me, to me, he's not out of this race. Before last night. Yeah, to me, he's he is career high in points per game. He obviously just put up the forty point fourteen rebound performance against Philly with a game saving block. And this isn't statistically based. Granted, we are straight facts, but it is a fact. He is the best big moment player in the NBA. And that, to me, that aids you. To me, that helps you. He, to me, if I can look back and remember iconic moments of you winning games against other MVP candidates in the season, that helps your case. On absolutely. both ends, he'll do make game winning, not like, game, like, oh, keep us in the game, or, oh, that was big down the stretch. Like, if this goes in, we lose. If you stop it, we win. He did it in the finals. He does it against Embiid. Like, I, he is incredible. And honestly, MVP aside, probably you can make the case best player on the planet. I agree. In a playoff series. Yeah. He might be the best player in the world right now. I mean, I know people were throwing last night that Harden quote of, oh, well, I wish I could be seven foot and have no skill. He has – make no mistake about it. Giannis has skill. He has Giannis has gained back. a lot of skill. Yeah, he's gained a lot of skill. Uh, Giannis, Giannis, I truly believe that Giannis is the most evolution of a basketball player that I've ever seen, like, watching basketball. Like, like, like that. And, 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 like, if you remember this kid coming in, this – skinny, frail, seven-foot kid that I could dribble. And you're like, if he can get to the rim every single time, he'll be one of the best players on the planet. But you can't do that in the NBA. Not only does he put on nearly every pound in the world, but, Jake, I'm watching him walk people down, tween, 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 and pull up. And it's and it's it, it went from, from, oh, look at Giannis trying to have a jump shot to now, if you don't guard it, that's, gonna, that's a working jump shot that's going to go in. Like, to, to watch that and to now see him be a two-time MVP defensive player of the year, like to have all these accolades after that. A ring. Dude, yeah. it's, it's the most evolution <laughs> of, of any basketball player. I just think people are overthinking it. He's proven it at every level. Won the finals MVP. He's just as good. There's no way you can make a definitive argument that Embiid or Jokic is better. I mean, just as a respect thing, you think yeah. you have to give it to him. Like for, I guess for parody, which we all know they they love parody. Give it to somebody else, maybe that's the sake. But to put it in perspective, same points per game, more rebounds, more assists, better record, and more efficiency than Joel Embiid. Like if we're if we're if we're, if we're looking at value and statistics, Giannis got to be right up there with everybody in this MVP discussion. The reason they won't give it to him. Is the same reason they shouldn't give it to Jokic. And it's because, like, yeah, he might be the best player two years in a row, but if in that second year after winning MVP, you don't do something to up, like, like build off of what you did, it can't just be the same. I hear you. You set the bar for yourself. It has yeah, to be you set the bar. It has to be better, which isn't fair, but that's just like like when Seth when Steph Curry did it the second time, they, they won 73 games, or that was the season. He was a lot better the second MVP yeah, year. Yeah, it was. He was way better. So, like, the first MVP year was like, oh, my, like, it was like a splash on the scene. Like, so we got you hard to the one. Next year, Noah. Yeah, no yeah, no, he's the MVP. Yeah, yeah unanimous. First you, time ever. <laughs> no, it's back-to-back. Kyle, who gets more? Who should get more buzz for this MVP award? Yeah, that's actually not quite the direction I went with it. I just want to give a guy recognition. Go ahead. Like, this guy doesn't shouldn't be in the MVP talks, but Carl Anthony Towns. Because not only did he need this year, but there's an argument to be made, and it's towards the 10 spot, but he's a top 10 player in the league this year. I mean, here's the thing. Maybe I, maybe he's not in the MVP discussion as like a, a top three or top five, but like, is he a MVP like candidate? Like if someone had to put an MVP candidate, you said Carl Anthony Towns, like I'm not, I'm not going to look at you like ridiculously right. crazy. He's like, having an outstanding like I think, year. Unless I'm forgetting someone. I think he probably is third team All NBA after NBA. Yeah, I was, I was actually going to make that because I don't think they consider Giannis the center. But just like if you look at him, one he needed this year. Yeah. This is a guy who played 82 games the first three years of his career. Didn't sit a game, maybe sat one game. I could be wrong. Mm. Then the last two years, really, 
played 55% of games over two seasons. One out of every two game, basically, he's not playing. Well, this is a year for a guy who's a borderline superstar to be able to make that jump. Now he's played 91% of games. Now he's inching on the playoffs for the first time since 2019. Really the first real team he has to make, like has behind him where you can confidently go in like, yo, we might win a playoff series. Mm-hmm. Last time they got 4-1 by the Rockets, right? So, I, I mean, I just think for a guy like this who you look at the stats, maybe he's putting up the same stats he has his whole career, but now he's got guys around him and now he's playing winning basketball while doing it, which is a tough jump to make. You could put up 25 and 10, but you could go 20 and 62. Well, yeah. now he's putting up 25 and 10 and easily coasting into the playoffs. I mean, like... This is the guy who's and really the Timberwolves have been in the playoff spot all year. And I know it's elevated teammates around him like Anthony Edwards and D'Lo, better team than he's had before. But for him to still be the man on that team, the man that's still, okay, I'm going to give you 50 tonight, mm-hmm. which he did once, giving you 30 like 20-something times this year. Yes. Like I'm just really impressed with Corey Towns. He has now cemented himself as a superstar for me. Mm-hmm. I think really that was the conversation people were – trying to have but you couldn't really make the case i think after this season it's a no-brainer i mean he stopped he stopped being timid like he stopped being like coy and stopped like you know taking the back foot to people he's up in your grill it's amazing what a Love year and a half it's, it's, it's amazing what a year and a half of patrick beverly does to I you mean, he's talking that talk to Stephen a i don't it's, know if you saw it's, it's nice hey he's talking to everyone but sometimes you see a player come back from the offseason and his game has turned a corner and he's an MVP candidate. Sometimes you start to see it at the end of the previous year and he carries it in. And I think we're starting to see it now from Cat. I don't want people to be surprised when it's next October, next November, next December, and Cat's in the MVP conversation because we're seeing it now. We're, like I, I saw it, like Kyle said, through the middle part of the season start to carry up. And I think that trajectory is only going to go upwards towards the end of the season and if they they do make some kind of noise in the playoffs this year that's only stuff to build off of right that, that's only gonna gonna continue could. this is I, it, I believe it man. it's probably the best feel good like story too because remember like cat went through some yeah. rough person yeah. really rough personal stuff yeah. over covid yeah and there was a time where you know after games he was saying like i don't love basketball anymore. Mm-hmm. i think like was literally quoted him saying so there's no not, not an easy road back from that and for him to come back, and also I think this quells the like, oh, Cat wants out of Minnesota. Like they've got a really good young, hungry team. I don't think he's going. Anywhere. I don't think he wants they, out. Those of Those guys have fun too. Yeah, yeah like there's a couple teams. Like the Hornets have a lot of fun as a team. Mm-hmm. The Timberwolves have a lot of fun as a team. I'm and not going anywhere. And right. now they're winning. If I break the huddle and I see someone getting a lineup, you know, courtside, I'm not going nowhere. That's the most. This is let's say they could make some noise, man. Because you know who's been like having a good year, but very inconsistent. Anthony Edwards. Yeah. Let him have like a good series. Like the Timberwolves are a very good team when Edwards is also. D'Lo has well. low key been like a, a consistent for him, been a consistent person for him all season. And a like, crazy clutch player. People mm-hmm. sleep on how many. You were just talking about big moment Giannis. Not at the same scale, but D'Lo's got some clutch moments in his. Yeah, he invented the ice in the veins. Yeah. Uh, Even his regular season games yeah. against the Sixers, hitting game winners like and, twice. And, and do not sleep. You you heard it on straight facts first. If I do pick one upset in the NBA playoffs, round one. I'm going them over the number two Memphis Grizzlies. That that's the most likely, in my opinion. Yeah, maybe maybe a I could hard, see it. It's the one I could see happening we'll see. the most. Everyone's talking seeds. I just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean you, you don't know. But I mean as, the playoffs started as right now. Set right now, and right. there's only hey man, only nine some games left. I can't wait until the playoffs. Two two young teams, the Grizzlies. Although they're a good team, they're building. They're in a spot that they haven't been at before. Like it, yeah. And if I'm the Timberwolves, I'm there. I'm there to shake things up. Like I'm there to get to get up in there. And shake, you know, just just 
you know, shake things up and I'm and and upset a lot of people. All right, Matt, give me your person. I need some buzz. Well, obviously, I stole Giannis from Jake, but yeah, I'll put what I put in the script. Now, Luca. Luca is the well, not quite, but there, but because the Luca, the Luca arc of the season is, I swear, it's he starts the season cold, he gets really, really hot, plays unbelievable, and then his team isn't good enough to win in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and he hasn't been able to. So he's only 22 or 23, whatever he is. So it's Which is nuts, by not the way. an indictment at all. But he hasn't been able to cope, to sustain that best player in the league play for a whole season. He can only do it, only do it for like 35 games at a time. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> <Yeah. it. laughs> so, so like this year, he's averaging like 28, 9, and 8. His efficiency is a little down. That's because he shot horribly from three in the beginning of the year. First 32 games, he shot 29%. Since then, he's shooting 40%. If he shoots 40% from three for a season, he'll win an MVP. Mm. And it's, it's, you're right. It's the pattern we see Luca come in. I'm not going to be shy about it. He comes in out of shape. Like he comes in from the summer, not in basketball shape every single year. A little pudgy. And then, you know, but he'll still drop, you know, 25, 7 and 9 on your favorite team. They might win, they might not. And then, like you say, Matt, two months in the season, he gets back into basketball shape, he gets back into game shape, he slims down, and now all of a sudden he's dropping 40-point triple-doubles and the Mavs start winning. Um, but the, the the team itself is 31-11 and 11 since New Year's Eve. They've been one of the best teams this of this calendar year in the NBA. And I do see, like, a new energy from this Mavs team. Since the Porzingis trades that they've gotten didn't win since Luka has continued this uptick, I have seen an energized Mavs team We've talked we talked about them last week as maybe being one of the sleeper contenders in the NBA. And like Luca's got to be at the forefront of that. And I don't know. To me, if Luca doesn't have that slow start, if the Mavericks keep pace and are second, third, maybe even fourth in the West, what are they right now in the West? I think they're fifth. They're fifth. So if they stayed in that second, third in the West, they're fourth. It's, say they were second or third. I'll even give them third. But if they were second in the West, they're game behind Golden State for third. You're not. You're. You're not. No way. You're not telling me that Luca isn't in that top two to three MVP no, no, conversation. They, they, honestly, even without that early him him having it locked in twenty four seven, like there's really. No, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm the idiot. You're mad. You're mad that Maybe he's not. I'm, you're mad that Jokic is over him. I must be missing something. <laughs> I have to be missing something that Luka Doncic is the four seed, puts up these numbers. The he loses his second best player, and the team gets better. And yet we are fixated on Nikola Jokic. I, I gotta go in the lab and like. <laughs> yeah, you gotta really evaluate what you know about right basketball, now. huh? Has to be. Has well, to be. Yeah, but I mean, because if, <laughs> if if I gave you blind resumes, maybe we should do this again. That was a really fun day. But if I give you blind resumes again, put all of Lucas' stats and accolades, all of Jokic's stats and accolades, you'd look at Lucas and be like, that's hands down MVP. What are you, why are you nah, even putting nah, this I'd, I'd still pick Jokic. And they're similar. They're very Jokic, similar. Jokic's efficient scoring is so, is so important. But, uh, okay, Matt, why do we have to dive into advanced stats no, to prove no, Jokic's no, well, I mean, you, still get, you still give it Jokic, though. Jokic's shooting percentage is higher than Lucas' true shooting percentage. He's a seven Would foot you? tall. <laughs> that still counts, though. Like, he's a different position. He's taking different shots, of course. Uh-huh. If he shot the shots yeah, of Luca shot, big man, would, you, would, yeah, big man, big man field goal percentage like he's fifty seven is that's like an average. Center. Well, that's now his volume's still, way higher. Considering but, who he is, fifty seven is very is very efficient yeah. for Nikola Jokic. But he's like thirty four percent from three. It's not like these men's hitting shots from everywhere. I, I just think it. 
we, we, we just need to. I agree. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a bit agree of a with paradigm shift. Because actually, when talking about the Mavericks, and this is the thing that Jokic gets, is like he's got the whole team on his back. His team's injured. The Nuggets aren't that good. What has that never been the case? What has that ever not been like, the case for Luka? Yeah. Like, <laughs> my whole argument last week with the Babs is like, I don't think their team's very good. I don't think the structure makes sense where you have three guards as your three best players, but they got Luka, so they have mm-hmm. a shot, right? I don't even think, like, the Nuggets, I don't say that about the Nuggets. Like, they got Jokic, so they got a shot That's to win. True. It. Yo, That's true. Jake, we could, could really do something. No, like I, might, that. I might tear up Twitter with this one. <laughs> I might really? actually be a menace. On we can't Twitter. do a little. Epiphany here. You did. It shouldn't be that big of a difference. You really could. I agree with that. Now here's here's yeah. here's what goes against Luca, in my opinion. This is just straight coming from me. This this could be wrong. It's my perception of it. The MVP award is is something you have to lobby for, whether it's through your play, through your actions. You almost have to like campaign. cast. Yeah, yeah. You have to campaign cast your ballot nowadays. And Luca doesn't do that. Like Luca, Luca isn't. He's not going out to chase the MVP award. And maybe if he does go out to chase the MVP award one day. He will get it. But that, that's, that's not what he's doing. Like, I think it's clear and present when someone's going after that MVP. To me, it's not clear and present that Luka's going after that MVP. Do you, do you think it's like people are still viewing him as like the newcomer in the league and the big perception around Luka is like he's he's gonna he's the next one? He's just not there yet. He's not there yet. The voters, they're just thinking like it's too early. I don't think he is the MVP, but I think that holds against him. They wanted to put John MVP talks like in early early in the season. Early, early in the season, though. I just think Luca's true shooting percentage is roughly the same as Tobias Harris. I just want to say that. Oh, that's that that's a strong comeback, Matt. That's a really <laughs> that strong, no especially one. playing to your audience here. <laughs> Me, who I, you know, uh, this isn't a bash, Toby. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'm sorry. Repeat your question, Kyle. It wasn't really a question. I was just, or uh, yeah. Do you think it's like too young? Like, and that's the thing in the public perception is that he's next up, and we're just not to that next. We've given MV, We get MVPs to 22 year olds. Wow. Derek Rose. Not nah, really. And like, then, like, Rose. I was probably mis- – I don't know if it was a mistake to give it to Derek Rose. He probably deserved it. But there are some other people you could have lobbied. Here's, here, and, and, the, the, and there was – I was going to say, there wasn't was that many superstars in the league then either. Now, Luka, look at his now. Luka could win it if he decided, like you said, he wanted to. And what that would entail, just like Jokic did, just like Embiid did, instead of rolling into the season and working into shape, you're in shape from day one to go, you know, tip to, to final buzzer. Um, and, and playing major minutes. He, 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 he has to do that in the middle of the season where he gets up to that, and he's in shape by, you know, 20, 30 games. Yeah, in. In, a, in a race like this, you dropping the team. first month and a yeah, half, two months do that. matters. It may not matter I don't if you're think, I don't, You guys are kind of overplaying that. You think I overplayed? I, don't think, I mean, I'm, I don't I don't I'm trying to make like here. dropping the first two months. No, 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 no. I'm not, I don't, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a cognizant, like, I don't care about the season coming in, but, like, it, it's noted that Luka has not – doesn't – Come into his best shape. For me, he got the MVP I mean, is like, a regular season award. If I was told for the regular season you could have Jokic or Doncic, I'd easily take Jokic. If you said for the playoffs you can have Jokic or Doncic, I'd take Doncic. But the MVP is a regular season award. Why are you so dead set on on taking Jokic over over Doncic? Because I just think he for 82 games he's going to be a top five player for the entirety of the season, and I can bank on that. And you can't bank on that for Luca. No, Lu- Luca's Luca's not. It's not like a big gap, but it's clear. Oh, oh that's game changer. It's like mean? it's like one's an A player, one's an A minus player. I'll easily take the A. I hear you. I hear you. All right, I'm gonna give mine. Mine's gonna be Devin Booker, and this one obviously comes of of really late. But I mean, I think I think everyone in the national basketball spotlight and the national media spotlight is starting to recognize what Devin Booker is doing. You guys, you guys found something. You guys find gold over just- there. 
kind of comparing the stats on the Luca early uh, starts. We, we went to check tape on Luca early season. It's first fourteen games is like he's averaging twenty five nine and eight. Like I don't think that's exactly that actually is exactly the numbers I said almost. Like yeah, like he, he rolls in a little bit. Does, he rolls in a little but bit, but he's a season long like. It's just 28, crazy. 9, and 8 and a half. Right, right. And I, and because the, the last 45 are, are crazy. And it, but is, it was like, like, those are the same stats. It's two points per game difference. Efficiency matters, though. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sorry and to say, wins. Sorry like, to say They right, weren't Kyle. winning games. Sorry to say I'm right. Well, you're not. That's right. You, you said coasting, and you mentioned 26, 9, and 8. Nah, he, and his, he his season average is no yeah, 28, 9, and 8. When he gets more efficient, the Mavericks win a lot more. Yeah. yeah, yeah they win. Matter. But the stats are the same. The numbers are the same. I don't know if I use the word coasting. Maybe but like, I don't. I don't think I. I don't think I met coasting. He comes in. Yeah, he comes in. Like Joel Embiid, game one comes is in game. the same shape nowadays as he is in game 50, 60. Like that. That is what it takes to be an MVP. And I don't think. I don't know. We'll, I guess we'll see because this this is up in the air. But we'll see. I think he what comes in a little pudgy, a little, little windy. A little bit, a little bit, a little bit. It's you, okay. What do you think they took the picture? That's, <laughs> a, that's an off-season picture. <laughs> All right, back, back, I, I saw his picture. You're right. Back, You're right. back, back, back to, to Devin Booker. I mean, this is, this is yeah, Book, obviously, is every, it's someone that, you know, everyone is, is starting to see as of late, starting to get recognition. And it might be too late to really, though, seriously enter an MVP discussion now. Um, but if you really take a look at what Book's been doing, keeping the Suns at the at the number one spot in the Western Conference without Chris Paul since the All-Star break, 30 points per game, four rebounds, six assists per game. And before the All-Star break, that was 25 points, four, four rebounds, five assists. So the rebounds and assists numbers didn't really change at all. But the scoring went up, and you know, since the All-Star break is the mark of not having Chris Paul. So Chris Paul was kind of that Suns player that was, you know, they're the number one team, they're the best team in the NBA we want to give the best player on the best team that praise and put him in the MVP conversation. He goes down and instead of, you know, letting the Suns waver or, or even fall, Book has upped his play and kept the Suns exactly where they are. And they've only lost three of these games since the All-Star break that that Book has played in. Like, I think, like, if, if we had more time, give another month of the NBA season, he's seriously in MVP My consideration. My problem with the Devin Booker argument is that the Suns – construction is so good True. that you don't see Devin Booker's flaws be exposed because his flaw is defensively. But when you have Jay Crowder, Mikel Bridges, Chris Paul, and DeAndre Ayton to clean up for the slack. To me, but to me, but to me, that has that that doesn't go against an MVP like I what that your team's constructed well? I apply no it's not the team it's sense, like, but it's more the defense. He, what Matt's saying is his flaws aren't on this yeah, you if you're viewing someone as an individual, right? He's uh, he. There's no one Phoenix would rather have in that slot right now, basically, than Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. But if you're just looking at it on a purely individual basis, he's not as complete a player as uh, Giannis and Embiid, uh, Doncic, honestly. So mm-hmm. it's just, it's, I'm not trying to fault Devin Booker. It's just when everything is constructed so perfectly for you to succeed, and you're succeeding brilliantly. Like it's not like it's not like I a lot of them like oh there's and, but, but I, I know this is gonna be don't don't cast you know don't 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 kill me because this is gonna be on a way crazier scale but the Warriors were constructed perfectly for what Stephen Curry wanted to do and Stephen Curry goes and yeah, wins Curry put like up his, like his unreal right right and, I, and I'm saying like, the scale is putting up very good numbers. this the scale is is much different but Stephen Curry's flaws weren't on display because of the Warriors. You know, we're, yeah, we're constructed when you're breaking every. Hey, we're breaking records. Just being very but I'm, I'm, I'm comparing the concepts. Yeah, yeah. I'm like Devin Booker's concepts. having a great season. 
He's playing great basketball, probably the best basketball of his career. Mm-hmm. I would, I would, I would say, say, which is dangerous because this team made the playoffs or the finals last year. But to Matt's point, especially about the team construction, like think about all the guys we named. Who's the most valuable player on the Bucks? Giannis, easy. Mm-hmm. Sixers, Embiid, easy. Mavericks, Doncic, easy. Who's the most valuable player on the Suns? Chris Paul, right? Yeah, Chris it Paul. might be Chris Paul. Like, that might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, it's probably Paul. Chris Paul. So it's like tough to put him in the category for the award, but he's playing tremendously well and the Suns are having the best regular season we've right. seen out of them I mean ever ever is it yeah, ever, ever going to have the best record in their team's history yeah, yeah. so they already at 60 already at 60 not to mention wins. they made the finals last year right but like, and, and, and here's the thing and that's why I wanted to signify since the all-star break because since that most valuable player for them has yeah. gone out most of the time you see that and you see the team drop even if the number two guy is still there and they're not you know imploding you see them drop a little bit but We've actually only seen the gap expand more between them and the number two seed in the West. We've only seen Devin Booker's play go up. We haven't right. we haven't noticed the Suns waver at right. all to the point where you kind of like oh like Chris Paul's back and you blinked an eye and nothing of the Suns have changed. It is he's, impressive. Yeah, he's, he's right back there, and that's why the Warriors are dropping mm-hmm. hasn't affected the Suns. He suffers from Pacific Time itis because yeah, playing if, out there. If you time if you played in a you know national time zone seven o'clock type game, you're gonna get more eyes and you're gonna get more respect because you are the team like Trey Young, the way he was talked about in the beginning of this year before we found out that team stinks like we thought it did. Trey Young was getting talked like he was like one of the top superstars faces of the league. Devin Booker would get that if he was on the East Coast. I don't maybe I'm crazy. Also, it's an issue is the Lakers I, take up every single primetime West Coast game. So the Suns don't get them. The Lakers get way more of them. And, yeah, so, and here's so why. The West Coast slots allotted are kind and, of right. and selective. And, and here's no why you're watches. not crazy, Jake, is because you're, you are focused on the public perception. You're, you're to the streets, and you need – you know, we need you need people's ear to the streets and not just worried about what the, the actual vote or actual like vote getters and vote takers are thinking, but like what's public perception. And that is public perception right there. That's that's why Devin Booker is not winning it in the streets is because, you know, all these other like I see all these other people on a, on a daily basis or on a weekly basis. I don't see Devin well, Booker like that. It's not just public perception. Don't fool yourself. People at ESPN aren't staying up to watch a Phoenix Suns game. I promise not the ones, you. not the ones who got a who got to host seven o'clock Sports yeah. Center or Bristol. No, yeah, hey, Zach, well, hey, I got a yeah. podcast tomorrow. I'll, I'll look at the stats and I'll cast my vote. That yeah, way. I'll watch. I'll watch the the condensed game. All He's right. just not there yet. Like, like maybe not there yet is the wrong term, but just comparatively to the league, like especially you look at everyone, it's like guys putting their team on their backs. Devin Booker like doesn't do that because he doesn't have to do that. They're gonna have the best record in team history because their team is good they play good basketball together he's not putting the team on his back but this this run this stretch right without chris paul is because of devin booker like I, I guess there's a there's a fine line to say that in between of him not putting it on his back and That's it being thing. because of him but the like, stretch this, for this the other stretch. guys it's like been the whole this season. season it's yeah. it's, so it's, it's tough it's but been it, whole, and that's why i said player i mean give him give the give the regular season another month month and a half and he continues this and he's and he's right up in there in that conversation but it's it's yeah he hasn't done it for we'll long enough play, we'll give him player of the month we'll give him yeah it's okay he, he, yeah i think he actually <laughs> did he actually get western conference player of the month for i don't keep up with those awards but he probably did he probably he's, he's gonna have to for march Cat right? actually could have too yeah uh, we're gonna move from the NBA hardwood to the college basketball hardwood because it's the Final Four, and my cats are in the Final Four. Kyle's ecstatic about it. I know Kyle's loving Villanova in the Final Four, man. Uh, I know we can't be we can't be more excited about the, it. I mean, 
I'm excited that no one's going to talk about it because maybe the biggest game in college basketball history is also going on on the same exact day. But, 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 we're first. (laughs) So, so, you won't be tired from Duke UNC. You don't know what you're missing. You know. But we'll move on to those two games for the Final Four, a historic one, Duke versus North Carolina on the other side, Villanova versus Kansas. We'll talk about the more historic one first, Duke versus UNC, because – if we thought the NFL scriptwriters had a good season, college basketball scriptwriters take a bow. Like, like I, I'm sure there's some way Couldn't that you have can gotten better. No, you this, but like, but it, for Duke to to lose in Coach K's final regular season game at Cameron and then have a chance to get vengeance in the Final Four, I can't. You can't do it any better. I feel, can't do it any better. I, than honestly, that. I never thought. So I feel bad for UNC because why they're an eight seed in the Final Four. Exactly. So the. <laughs> Roy Williams left the program. The program was not that good. Hubert Davis pulls them up. They have a really good season. Get the eight seed. Upset Duke, Coach K's last game. They have a great run in the tournament. And now if they lose to Duke, that's all the season will be remembered by. They lost to Duke in the Final Four in the biggest game in the rivalry. But that is ultimately, either way, though, that falls, it's going to be someone is going to remember, hey, man, Coach K's last game, they couldn't get past UNC again. Mm -hmm. Or it's going to be what you said. Right. I just think if I was a UNC fan and I was told you could lose in the Elite Eight, Duke doesn't win the national title, or lose in the Final Four to Duke, Duke doesn't win the national title, I'd rather lose in the Elite Eight. Mm. And it's because you've had – it's just it, – it's one of those – like they, they thought they had the leg up forever – and I, they could. They could still. They're, they're, yeah, they're, I think you're feeling bad for them a little no, too early. It's like, it's like and, you're writing them off. No, but it's like. Like, they're still in the you game, won, too. You won, you won a big bet. And then instead of just taking the winnings, you're betting it all yeah. again. For, for a chance to win a bigger <laughs> yeah, bet. I know. A bigger and this time actual eternal I think bet. that's writing them off a little too early. I, I, they still get to play the basketball game, too. I hope. I ho- we can feel. Really, and, 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 yo, and we're coming off. Actually. We're coming off a, a, the best game of the year for Caleb Love. We're coming off a dominant performance from Armando Baycott. Like, this team is hitting strides. And, like, and, and also, so Matt's saying he feels bad for UNC if they lose. If they win, it's going to be the greatest moment in it's not, I just school really history. I just like, really don't think it's going to happen. There's two extremes on this I side. Just really, I really hope I'm wrong. I really think Duke's just going to win Duke's it all. I we'll see. It. Duke's 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 and, and here's here's the thing. Duke, tell y'all. Well, I, I talked about them when I talked about them being one of my most overrated teams in the in the tournament. I'm glad that that aged very well as they're in the Final Four. I talked about I I had seen very little games where all of their best players have put it together in their moments where Paolo Bancaro, AJ Griffin, you know Trevor Kills, um, Jeremy Rose have all put it together. Wendell Moore have all put it together. And then when they do every tournament game, they all yeah. put it together pretty much. And and especially in this last game, uh, to get them to the Final Four, like it, that was the most impressive game I've seen them play all season. And like, yes, if Paolo Bancaro plays the way he did, they win. If AJ Griffin plays the way he did. They're one of the best teams in the country, and you know, I can think, go on and win, win a national. I think they are the best team in the country. Right now. When he Duke, plays like that, I, I got no comes, argument against it you. It comes to a point, um, and I, I think I said that people were sleeping on Duke in the Final Four, or sleeping on Duke when the tournament was starting, and even I was maybe sleeping on them from what I thought. I was like, people were too low on this team. I didn't think they were going to look this good, but it does come to a point that we're like, oh, there's three lottery picks on that team. Oh. This is the greatest <laughs> coach in college basketball history. Oh, it's as, 
It's his last season. <laughs> They're going to win the national championship. I mean, come, like you could have just thought about this and like maybe piece it together. Like people were a little too low on Duke going into this tournament. Like, come on. I mean, when you're Duke, the target's always on your back and people want to find ways of why you're not going to win it. And then when you do, everyone does exactly that. Like, oh, yeah, they're Duke. Like, they're, they're supposed to do this. Stat, Matt, I'm giving you a little bit of homework. I want to know how many times Duke and UNC have been put in the same bracket in the tournament. Because, yes, college basketball script writers did a very good job. I know that if I'm the NCAA and I put Duke and North Carolina, they see each other in the same region or with a chance to see each other in the Final Four. They're going to they're gonna do it. They're going to get there and meet. So I want to know how many times. I don't think it's happened because I have a thing. Since 1980, Duke's made the Final Four 13 times. UNC's made the Final Four 14 times. This is the first time they've met. So they've not done a good job. Yeah, they've been on opposite sides. <laughs> yeah, they've been on opposite sides every time. It. And uh, I know. So they, picked, so, they, so they picked the one year. The year that Duke upset UNLV, um, UNC was on the other side of the Final Four bracket. And they lost to, I think, Kansas. Mm. Um, so it's been it's it's, yeah. it's it's been able to happen. That was the closest they've ever got. Right. Of course, guys, we're bringing this up because the I don't think we ever actually mentioned it, but they've never played each other in the tournament. Right, before. never played each other so, in the tournament. So yeah, that was the closest Matt, nineteen ninety one, where they were on opposite sides of the final four, would have had the shot to meet in the national championship. Closest they've ever been didn't happen. Now we're about to get it. Uh, I do want to say just from a prospect, and that's as we talked about last week, a lot of like my vantage point, Mark Williams. Guy who didn't get a Beast. ton of buzz. Beast. That's guy a, who that's the third lottery pick. Guy who about. Yeah, third lottery pick, and he. I don't think you could make the case before the tournament that he was going to be. Maybe you could. Maybe he'll be. I think like now sneak he's, him in. I think he's stamped in. Now, now. he is yeah. definitely over the la- in the in the tournament so far. He's averaging four blocks per game. Like if you bring literally nothing else outside of that at a collegiate level, you are one of the best bigs in college basketball. I think this is. Going to be it's the it's the most hyped game in college basketball history by by far. Oh yeah, it might end up being the best great game in college basketball history because when you look at their strong suits, like they both have an answer to each other for their strong suits. If I bring out Mark Williams, I can answer with Armando Baycott and vice versa. If I bring out the Duke guards, I can answer with the North Carolina guards and vice versa. If I bring out the Duke defense, I can bring out the North Carolina offensive rebounding. Like they they they. Clash these Titans are going to clash each other. This this is going to be this is going to be a a crazy basketball game. But I need I need picks. So Matt, who wins, Duke or UNC? Duke, Kyle, Duke. I I don't see like Baycott's having a good tournament. I think he runs into a wall here. I mean, they're overly relying on him. Like Caleb Love, I was at the St. Peter's game. Caleb Love was hitting shots. Mm -hmm. If he could come in and like do that, if he can come in and be like, I'm going to take over this game, which I don't really love college basketball players doing, but that might be their wing condition. I mean, he did in the Sweet 16 game, right? Yeah, there. yeah. So, I mean, there's a road to it. I'm not counting them out. I just think Duke, like, by six or seven at this point, should just be favored by that much because they're better. Yeah, I we, we were talking, James, before. I, I'm going to have my eyes on A.J. Griffin as a guy who I've been doing a, a lot of research on. One of the most exciting, like, shot maker, creator uh, type guys that there is left in this tournament. If he has a big game, I think that it's a definite. I'm still gonna go. It, may, it feels it feels slimy, but I, I just gotta pick Duke. Gotta pick Duke here. Um, <laughs> I don't know why you feel so slimy. Picking slimy, Duke. Picking Duke. 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 I'm not gonna pick Duke. Oh. 
I'm gonna are you pick, really not? I'm going to pick North Carolina. Um, I think North Carolina is a team realized or a team actualized. Like I think that like they they were never as down this season as people thought they were. This is a a, a 22 23 you know game win team. First year coach, you know, in the regular season, a first year yeah. coach, right? But they like the record never suggested that they weren't ranked or that they were they were really bad. They had some very questionable losses, you know, in the in the regular season. But they've since bounced back, and this is how good North Carolina should have been all season. This isn't a surprise. This is just a team realized. I think they continue that. Like it's, it's going to be like we're splitting hairs between picking Duke or North Carolina right now. For here. me, the only really good team they've played this tournament was Baylor, and they really almost just completely choked. I mean, whether whether <laughs> yeah. they, they the, be, the best team that they have, they, the only good team they played is the defending national champions. Yeah, like, but, we're in the final to four be fair, of the NCAA tournament. I would, I do, to, who you beat is who you beat to get here, man. To be fair. Duke got to see Arkansas in the Elite Eight. I don't think Arkansas is good at all. Like, I mean, I mean Texas Tech, or they played Texas Tech, right? Texas Tech. Texas Tech, Michigan, Texas State. Tech, Michigan State. Yeah. I think that Texas was Texas Tech game. might be the most impressive win. But you can win look, you can look at that the same way that you're looking at the UNC. Yeah. Right? All right, let's flip to the other side because, you know, we got to talk about this one too. There's yeah. another game. There, yeah, there's, <laughs> yeah, crazy, right? No, Villanova versus Kansas. Um, this is going to be a great game too. It's it's no storied college rivalry that has you know a, a great you know market chapter, but this is two pro. These are two programs who the past three to five NCAA tournaments have met a lot of times. Nova is coming out the beneficiary of those meetings, but last um, few times Nova played Kansas in the tournament, they beat them and then won the one national tournament. Yeah. Um, so Kansas does have. I think Nova is three of the last four meetings, so Kansas does have one of those meetings. I believe regular season at. Kansas at Allen Fieldhouse in the beginning of the season. It was a tough game. Um, but the, the storyline in this game is really can can Nova overcome the loss of Justin Moore, which is like that that was, you know, a, a, one of the most heartbreaking things I've seen in, in quite some time to see Justin Moore going down with that Achilles injury. But can Nova overcome that? Can you know Con Gillespie, Jermaine Samuels, and company go out and beat it's, Kansas? I think it's so weird right now. There's so many question marks because Nova only plays six players on the court at the time. Yeah. So without a doubt, someone's gonna have to come in and play who we just haven't seen play basketball. Ryan Antoine or Chris Archie Diacono. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. Um, I think they can. I think that hurts them. Justin Moore is their second leading scorer, I believe. I think Colin Gillespie isn't really the point guard that can you know take over a team by himself. That's not the game Nova plays. Nova plays their offense. Mm-hmm. They're well coached. They play good basketball. So losing a key piece like that can really throw a wrench in it. Um, I, I think talent wise, this game's. Still neck and neck without Justin Moore. Me too. But what does that team look like without him? How does this team play without him? Because we don't know. Yeah. They only play six guys. That still amazes me. Like six guys all play 37 minutes. And it was seven to start the season. Jordan Longino goes out, tears his, tears his MCL, has to have surgery right before the tournament starts. You narrow that down to six. You lose Justin Moore. It's five. And, and the the combination of Brian Antoine and Chris Archie Diakon are going to have to I'm give in, me five to ten minutes. I'm somewhere. actually so in for the Brian Antoine uh, – yeah, Comeback arc. Yeah, I need it. I love him I in high so school. Like, he played with Scotty Lewis in Jersey. One of the yeah. top, one of the highest, you know, one of I the highest, Brian you know, ranked yeah. kids coming out of his class coming out of high school. I, everyone in Villanova would love to see a Brian Antoine resurgence. Yeah, the game I think we get, and he's been he's been turning it up slowly each game is Caleb Daniels. I think a lot of focus is going to be on Colin Gillespie. A lot of focus is going to be on Jermaine Samuels from him winning the the all region, the the uh, the most outstanding player in the region. But I mean, Colin, or Caleb Daniels has come in. I believe he had twenty or twenty-one uh, in the Elite Eight game to send him to the Final Four. Like he's been coming off and giving such great production off the bench, and that's going to be the the go-getter, bucket-getter that that Nova needs in this game. And Caleb Daniels can absolutely get it. And then I also think that 
Like Kansas don't want to see Nova, man. Like I, I think this I don't is think a anyone wants to see Nova. This, this is this yeah. is another pace controlling game. Like Kansas don't want to play slow. Every team in the tournament, most teams I'll say in the tournament, want to play fast. And Kansas again fits the mold of these past teams we're playing, like Michigan, like Ohio State, like Houston, where they don't want to play slow. If you slow it down, they get outside of their game. And when Kansas was struggling with Miami last week, is Miami was slowing it down, using all the shot clock, getting more possessions. And Kansas yeah, was out of their own. And then they adjusted, and then it became a track meet, and then, and then, my, and then Miami. Down six and a half, and then win by 20. 47 to And do you notice how, how fast, the, how much the pace changed? Like, it was more energetic. People were running up and down the floor, and now Miami I, can't win in this track meet. I actually missed the second half because I was at the same – we were driving the Philly. To the, to the yeah, same yeah, – yeah. you had a very good reason to miss that game. But, I mean, it, look, I don't want to overlook – who and what Kansas is because they maybe have, you know, one of the top players in the country here in Abaji, and, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a challenge to really slow him down and stop him. And then, you know, they have, you know, other, other great players. Braun, or Brown is really good uh, in the per, on the perimeter. David McCormick is going to give us all sorts of problems on the inside. Like, they have a good team over I, there. I think the guy who I have my eye on, and if we're talking X-Factors, guys who could really swing the tide, Remy Martin – has yeah. been very impressive. Out of, no, least, out of nowhere in the tournament. Out of yeah. nowhere, and especially the last, I mean, the last game against Florida, only nine points. But the two before that, 20 points, 23 points against Creighton and Providence, respectively. Uh, it gives him another look at guard. Um, or, I'm sorry, he is. Uh, yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. So, Point guard, yeah. I, I, I don't, like I said, it's a super casual take, but it seems to me that more talent is on. No, no, Remy, Remy Martin. And Remy Martin's a player who last year had a. I, a whole lot of buzz around him. That whole Arizona State team with with Josh Christopher and, and uh, Marcus Bagley and everyone had a had a lot of buzz around them. They never kind of lived up to the hype. He transfers to Kansas in the COVID year. It's kind of like you know this is the last chance to salvage something out of my career. Has you know a decent regular season, kind of as a steady pace for Kansas, but is nowhere near this twenty per game score that is becoming in the tournament. And that's like Yeah, they phased him out. That was weird. Yeah. So they brought it, him right back for the it, it was I was wondering, we were kinda of wondering, is he hurt? Like did he get benched? But then when he came back, like you watch him, he wasn't playing like a player who got benched and then like got let back in the game. Like he came right. back in fine. It was weird what was going on. But that that's gonna I be think, a good one. I think these teams are very similar, to yeah. be honest. Um they both can shoot the ball. Ryan Brown's one of the best shooters left in the tournament. Yeah. Um, so was Colin Gillespie on the other side. So I, I think what we see here is it's Christian Braun. Sorry. Christian Braun, yeah. Ryan Braun. Oh, I said Ryan Braun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking baseball. <laughs> I, was thinking I think baseball. it's pronounced Brown. Christian, it's weird. It's spelled it's like that. Yeah, it's, it's pronounced Brown. Christian Brown. Yeah, sure. <laughs> the announcers okay. always say Braun. I'm not, I've refused to pronounce that Brown. <laughs> <laughs> I heard someone say Brown before. But, but yeah, I mean, like, just so similar. They have big men. They have, you know, good guard play. They have a good offense. This is going to come down to coaching and styles. And I don't think any team, like, I don't think these teams are going to go cold. These teams are going to go hot. I think we're just going to see two good offenses. And it's going to be probably a close one, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's easier for Nova to speed up than it is for most teams to slow down. And uh, this is Bill Self. He's a you know, very experienced coach. He's, he, he's played Jay Wright at Villanova plenty of times before he... See if he knows I think how to Justin Moore is unfortunately the difference because I would have picked Villanova because I think they've had a more impressive tournament run. I think they play better. Kansas looked shaky against Creighton, looked shaky against Providence. First half against Miami, they are really poor. Nova's really played really well except for the Houston game mm-hmm. where everyone played bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but I just think losing someone like Justin Moore 
is going to come back to bite you when you're playing someone as good as Kansas. Hey, man, one thing I've seen about Nova, and you know I'm going to defend every time you guys try to go against Nova, but the one thing I've seen is, like, stay the course. And, you, Kyle, you talked about it, the system. Like, yes, it's tough when you pluck somebody out of that system, but the good thing about it is that thing keeps going no matter who goes I've in. I've seen the same brand of basketball yeah. for 15 years now at Villanova since Scotty Reynolds. <laughs> it don't matter who's it there. It doesn't really matter. As you just got to produce when you get put in that role. So that's that's what it's going to be about. But official picks, go ahead. You're not going to offend me. Kansas. That offended me. <laughs> this one, yeah, yeah that's funny. Hit, hit this one for me. Although with Coach K's luck, he'd play the team with the injured player. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But I'm still going to get That's true. This one's tough for me. Um, I think Nova's better coached. I think their team as a whole is better talent. Losing Justin Moore really evens the field. If they don't lose his, you know, points per game, I'm going to say, in the offense, like I th- he's their second leading scorer. If they don't really lose that, if they find other ways to score the basketball, I'm taking Nova easy in this game. Hmm. If it does really hurt them, this is going to be a grind battle because I don't know what iteration we're going to see. I'm going to lean with Nova because I think their path to success is pretty much as simple as that. Don't let the points per game lose. They're going to play yeah. good defense. They're going to have the system there. If guys can step up and make shots, I think Nova wins the game. Yeah. I, honestly, the last point that you guys kind of made about the churning of the system is a little illuminating for this game. And and because there is such a question mark over Justin Moore and who's going to fill in and how they're going to perform, history would tell you that Nova's, Nova's pretty good at finding that guy, plugging him in, you know, next man up mentality, and those guys having – Minimal issues. So I'm going to say Villanova as to not upset James, and we'll see how the championship falls if I can, if I can continue Both riding with national Nova. championships for Villanova, the key guy on that tournament run wasn't their best player. Yeah. It was yeah. Chris Jenkins, and then, and then it was Dante DiVincenzo. Dante DiVincenzo. Yep, who was sixth man. Made himself some money on, on that yeah, made himself a whole lot of money. Three Villanova to one Kansas. Let's all stamp this moment in straight facts history where Kyle picked Villanova to win the NCAA Where we weren't all hating on James as well at, at a time. Yeah, great when, day. When your teams get brought up, mainly because they're not Philly teams, it's like – No, I, you do it out of spite. I think we – You do it out of spite. I feel like Kyle got some spite in him. Now I th- – what? Picking against, picking my against teams. James's teams, not against your teams. No, this Villanova was I before I even knew who James was as a person. No, no, like, this goes way back. So, so we're picking the champion too. Since yeah, that's what I was going to say. Uh, that's where I was going. Hold we're going to be here before the champion. I, I, I do Go think yeah, I'm going to pick Villanova, but I think one thing we're, we're overlooking a little bit is the the foul trouble scenario. If Villanova stays out of foul trouble, or whoever wins that scenario is going to win the game. You put Villanova in foul trouble, you put them in a situation they very much don't want to be in because now two got to come off that bench. And that you just—I don't even want to—I don't even want to imagine it. So people got to stay out of foul trouble, which is hard against Kansas because they play so tough and so physical. But I'm still gonna go Villanova. But yeah, we could we could pick the champion. So it'd be, we got to, we won't be so here. so for you would be Duke versus Villanova or Duke versus Kansas. I really hope Duke doesn't win, but they're going to because I hope they mm. don't. <laughs> <laughs> You're too much of a Philly sports fan. Yeah, that's true. This is tough. Obviously, I'm only gonna pick one team. If it's a championship that I picked, Duke Nova, Duke. If you tell me Duke doesn't win the national championship, I would say Nova wins the national championship. Yeah, so, we gotta go. Not in that pick. matchup because that sounded stupid. So you, Just yeah. in general, like if I knew Duke wasn't gonna win, Nova would be the team I'd pick. But I gotta pick Duke. Yeah, I, you know me, I, I side with talent. Talent wins out. Duke has the most talent, and it blows. But there, there, there is the ending that the story writers have had in their drafts for months. Coach K walking off of years. the national title as they, Matt melts down over there at the thought of it. Age. They've had 40 years to plan this ending. You <laughs> know they got it <laughs> right. <laughs>
Well, we blow up. We blow up endings over uh-huh. here. Okay, okay, well, okay. Uh-huh. What, what ending you've had in your drafts, in your notes, whatever, whatever is going on over there. We rewriting history. Sorry. Um, go Cats. Villanova is going to take them. Because you think you're getting in, you, you, we, we got to get you on the bus for the parade, dude. <laughs> I'm getting on that bus, baby. Yeah, be on the bus. I'm getting on that straight bus. Straight facts, man. sure. No. <laughs> Fly, flying the straight facts, Brandon. You got a reason to be on that bus. Like, you could really get on that bus. Yeah, like, it'd be an event, and I'd host the event, right? Low, low key, the, yeah, depends. This is my lobby right like, now. You might anyone, to, anyone listening you might from Villanova, this is my lobby. You got a better shot to get in that bus than 99.9% of people. Like, low low I could probably point on that bus during the parade and be like, I should be, you should not be on that bus. I should be on the Here's bus. Here's what's be somebody really low key, and this, I don't want to get your hopes up even by saying this. All I'm saying is the guy who I do the games with for Penn has done it for 13 years, and he's got a couple championship rings. I knew you were going to say the ring. I knew you were going to say the ring. got some rings. That would be crazy. I, I'll, I'll trade, yeah, I'll trade a seat. Oh, Kyle, I'll trade a seat on the bus for a ring. Any you could, you oh, could, of what? course. You could lock me do in a closet. you think they give you a ring? Nah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to host my butt off. <laughs> I'm, I would give it everything that I got, man. social post for it. I mean, this is, this is the lobby for it all. But they got to win the championship first, man. More work to done. More work to be done. But we're almost out of time for this episode of Straight Facts. It was a great one where you can get some shots up at the buzzer, as we always do, because someone got something to say at the buzzer. I just want to shout out the in the Women's Champions League in soccer, there is the biggest crowd to ever go to a women's soccer game. 91,000 people watched Barcelona play Real Madrid in the Champions League quarterfinals. Barcelona won to advance to the semis. Um, and that's such a great sign for the growth of the sport because it's not just America where it's getting big. 91,000 people saw El Clasico in Camp Nou. Mm-hmm. Earlier this season, 86,000 people went to El Clasico for the men's. Mm-hmm. I think that's because ticket prices might have been different. But still, <laughs> still, still. But we want to give the props, though. Like yeah. 10 years ago, they could have been free. They would have gotten 10,000 people in there. So right. the, we love seeing the growth of the game because it's just going to make the sport better in the long run. There you go. Stat Mad with the soccer update. We absolutely love it. And a good message behind it this time. I stand by it. You guys got some, something to say at the buzzer? Yeah, I think, Jake. Uh, I will say all, all this is like to all the people who are like grew up playing it ton of video games. I've been hitting the gym recently, and I started to notice my entire life, I have leaned on my left shoulder to play video games. I look up at the screen like this, lean on the left shoulder. And when I'm looking in the mirror, you know, at the gym, I'm like, yo, what's going on? My entire left shoulder is like half an inch lower. Yeah, that's called posture, Jake. It's, but it's only the you shoulder. It's, like a, <laughs> no, it's definitely posture. But like, I, I remember it clicked into my my mind, one of my friends had mentioned he had like a similar issue uh, for similar reasons. And maybe I'm just going hypochondriac, but like my stuff's really messed up because of the way I played video games all my life. So now that's my new goal that, and um, I don't think I'm committing to it yet, but ATG knee over toes guy, I'm dunking in like two years. I'm We're repairing the knees, dude. One day, I don't know when it's going to be. We're going to start back up the path. No knee pain. I love you, buddy. So anyone who who doesn't know, Jake got no ACLs. None. <laughs> Jake, Jake got you know, tore both of them. So it would be a very Dewan Blair-esque situation Crazy. for you him see to come back. You basketball, you better run. That means I'm on my, like, Bezos, like, world-conquering level if I could dunk the basketball. I had my, I had my uh, year and a half when I thought I could. I was in the best shape of my life. Kyle, I was, we'll do the program together. I was grabbing <laughs> rim. I was, I was grabbing rim easy. And I'm like, that's only, like, five more inches I need. It's tough to get. Yeah, no, I know it's hard. It's hard, hard to tell. Kyle, I got like six inches on you. 
You got something to say at the buzzer? No, dude, I don't even have time to think anymore. I wish, like, I wish I had stuff, but I'm just working. You have a week to think of it, actually. I'm just yeah. working and doing sports. I got nothing to say uh, at the buzzer, man. There you go. I hear you. Um, here's all I'm going to say. Phillies fans, they're doing it to us again. Uh-oh. They're doing it to us again. Them being? The Phillies. The Philadelphia Phillies. The Philadelphia Phillies are doing it to us again. Um, we were all ready to jump ship. We are all ready to give up on them. Then they go and make the moves that we're all asking them to make, and they go and get some some great help in their lineup, Nick Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber. And then all three of them are producing. They're all hitting home runs in spring training. It's all looking great right now. And I guarantee you, I can almost guarantee, we start the season with, with the Oakland A's at home in a three-game series. We'll probably sweep them in dominant fashion. Everyone will get you know employed in the Phillies. They'll be the hottest team in the first Radio month of the talking baseball about season. Oh, yeah, it'll be crazy. Then June will hit. Then July will hit. And then they'll go. Then they'll, they'll, they'll tank, and then magically we'll look up in August. We'll be fighting for our life in the NL East. And who knows if we'll make the playoffs. But all I got to say is, like, I feel myself going down the same path of hurt that I've gone down for the past two or three years. And I told myself I wasn't going to do it. And, guys, for some reason, I'm just going to I'm, – I'm about to charge straight ahead in that path. I don't know if anybody oh, yeah. else is with me, but I'm about to do it. Oh, yeah. Well, I just love the route they took where, like, the past three years it's been, like, Oh, this team needs pitching and they can compete. This team needs pitching and they can compete. Well, how about we're just gonna hit? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna mangle everything. Screw pitching. Yeah. We're gonna give up ten runs. We don't care. We're yeah, just gonna just hit everything. There. We're gonna bring it. Give up ten. That's fine. Score eleven. That's like, that's the mantra. It's Where's so the funny win? the route they've taken on this. And like the num- this one, I don't understand either. The number one prospect in the Phillies organization is a pitcher. We haven't given like any prospect shots over this stretch in the past three years. Mm-hmm. And like I know he's a little young. I forget his name, which is bad nice. at me. But uh. Like, let's try to give some guys shots this year because I, I think now that we actually do have a team, we're going to like be able to hit. We're going to win baseball games. No, I only let's need you out there if you prove. I, no, I don't. No. I don't want experiments out there. I need you out there if you prove to me. Aaron Nola aside, that's they, they just do not well, produce. Stotts the two prospect and Stotts going to play this year. No, yeah. we'll see. Well, it's a long, been great. Hey, long season to to find you these things. That again. Long. <laughs> can, I, can I give a quick PSA? Of course. Friday is April Fool's Day. It's the most dangerous day of the year to be a sports fan on Twitter. Oh, Just God. be careful out there. Ball sack sports, but yeah, they might have, they they might have a crazy <laughs> oh one. All right, we'll end it right there. That, this is all the time we have for this episode of Straight Facts Podcast. It was a good one. Shout out to the Up On Game Network for all they do for us. And shout out to my guys, man. Love a Raw in studio. Jake Galley, Kyle Sierk, Stan Matt Robinson. I'm James Jackson. These have been the facts. Straight up.